Welcome, everyone. Very interesting guest today. We have Simon Atiba. You can follow him on Twitter, Simon Atiba, A-T-E-B-A, one word. You can also read his Substack at dailyletter.us. And uh, he is the chief White House correspondent for Today News Africa. You can find todaynewsafrica.com, more information there. But this man has been attacked by pirates, held with an AK-47 to his head, kidnapped in Nigeria and left in the woods for dead, imprisoned in Cameroon, but cannot be tolerated. His civil liberties need to be restricted if, as a member of the White House press pool. That's, this man is intolerable, I tell you. So let's hear what he's got to say, what his ideas are. Whenever somebody is silenced, uh, my first instinct is to hear them out. We will do so in just a minute. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. You have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. You can spend thousands of dollars trying to look a few years younger, or you can skip all of that hassle and go with what works. Genucel Skin Care. Genucel is the secret to better skin. In fact, you might have witnessed the astonishing effects of Genucel during a recent unplanned moment on our show, when just a little Genucel XV restored my skin within minutes right before your eyes. That's how fast these products work. I know I'm a snob about the products I use on my face. Everybody knows it. Every time I go to the dermatologist's office, they're just rows and rows of different creams. And then when I get to the counter, they're overpriced. All kinds of products that you can all find at Genucel.com. Susan and I love Genucel so much, we've created our own bundles so you can try our favorite anti-wrinkle treatments, correcting serums, and ultra-retinol creams. Just go to Genucel.com slash Drew. Use the code Drew for an extra discount and free priority shipping. Again, that is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash D-R-E-W. So as I said, Simon Atiba can be followed uh, at Twitter, Simon Atiba, one word. Uh, and my goodness, my Twitter just did something very strange. So I hope we're still, nope. I mine think we did the same dropped off. Mine did the same yeah, exact thing, it Drew. Dropped, it looks like we're actually still in the space, but it just completely closed Twitter right now. I wonder if it's... Because of I'm the, wondering if it has something to yeah, do with the, uh, yeah, yeah. All that traffic going well, there's there. nobody right else now. in there. Wow. Yeah. So, so for people that don't know, uh, Elon Musk is hosting, yeah, they, they, everybody dropped off. He's hosting you know, like spaces with Ron DeSantis and it's uh, blowing starting up right Twitter. now, blowing up Twitter. So, so we don't, we're not on spaces. We are there now again. And okay, I appreciate hi, those everybody. that are there. We are also on we Restream. We got a new telephone and everything. So it better work. Yep, so we're on it. And, uh, Let's make sure we can hear the guests. We, of course, are over at the Rumble Rants where you guys... Uh, oh, it dropped off again, everybody. So, Caleb, did you have and that as well happen? Also, right now, I can't mute myself on Twitter spaces, so they're probably hearing me talk in the background. It, the mute button won't work. So, yeah, this, this definitely must have something to do with all the traffic of people going to Twitter spaces <laughs> right now for Elon's event because that happened right at... And I unfortunately... Central. Well, and can I they hear us right now on Twitter it, spaces? It appears that I'm they can, for. yeah. Okay, so head on over to YouTube, Rumble, go to, you can watch it on Twitter there or Twitch and just watch the live stream if you're over there on Twitter Spaces. They just keep disconnecting the host. We'll keep it on. Of, if it, if which it's is kind of comical. Good. I wonder if that's what's going to happen during the uh, DeSantis thing. That's sort of funny, like whether somebody did that. Okay, so uh, here's the deal. Um, that's right. Uh, Kelly is here, of course, today. Uh, Dr. Kelly Victory. We're going to get here, her in here in just a second. We have Dr. Joseph Latipo in here, Florida Surgeon General, in next week. And the following week, we have a Malhotra. These are the Wednesday shows when Dr. Victory kindly joins us. Right now, though, I want to welcome uh, our guest and Chief White House Correspondent for Today News Africa, Simon Atiba. Thank you, you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Me. 
Did I frame that correctly? I mean, you've been through these hair-raising experiences, which I want to hear more about. But no, 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 we cannot have you speaking in the White House pool. In the, in the, and people don't don't know if you go in that White House press area, it actually was a pool that they essentially laid down plywood on top of, and that now is the press room for the White House, which is bizarre. But there it is. So what happened? So it's, it's been tough. I've gone through a few a few things in life trying to tell the story. Uh, I've been arrested in Cameroon while doing an investigative report on Nigerian refugees in Chad and Cameroon. As you know, a few years ago, Boko Haram terrorist group uh, attacked northern Nigeria, Cameroon, and Chad. Many people were displaced, millions of people. And some of the people who fled from Nigeria ended up in Cameroon in an isolated area, and no one went there. I was the first uh, journalist from Cameroon who lived in Nigeria who went there to cover it. And when I got there, I was arrested and accused, accused of being a spy for Boko Haram. I've also been attacked by pirate on the Gulf of Guinea with an AK-47 to my head. I've been kidnapped uh, from a bus in Lagos, Nigeria, and dumped in the woods and you know, survive. I've also been, you know, beaten up by some pastors while trying to do my job. And right now I'm pastors. being sidelined by the, the White House, uh, which is which is crazy. It is crazy. I want to zero in. Pastors beat you up or people posing as pastors? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, pastors. So I went to this church in Lagos and I was doing a story on Nigerian churches. Uh, one of the biggest things in Nigeria are churches, you know, pastors, they are celebrities. They have millions of dollars, they have private jets, and mm -hmm. they are accountable to no one. And so I went there to do a story on them, and they arrested me and they beat me up. Uh, there was a TV station in the UK that came to do a documentary on me. And so it's it's been a few bombs around, you know, along the road, trying to be a good journalist, trying to tell the story. And, and what happened with the White House? What did you do to violate their sensibilities so, so completely? So when, when I came to the U.S., I, I was so happy. I knew that, you know, the reason the U.S. is one of the most advanced, if not the most advanced country in the world, is because of the freedom, the freedom of the press, the freedom of expression. And, you know, the First Amendment. And I didn't know that I could face problems in the White House. I used to actually be their friend. Jen Psaki, the former press secretary for President Biden, used to call me uh, a friend because the first question I asked in the Biden White House was a great question, in quote, for them. I asked them if those who called President Biden Sleepy Joe should apologize because we've seen the guy doing his job for a few months now. Uh, he's not dead. He's not sleeping. And so they really liked the question. They kept giving me the question until uh, November 2021, when South Africa discovered the Omicron variant of COVID-19 and they informed the WHO about the, the new variant that was also in the UK, in Hong Kong, and different places around the world. And the WHO informed the Biden administration how did the Biden administration react? They reacted by banning eight African nations, including six nations that had zero cases of the variant. And when Jen Psaki came to the White House, he tried to justify it by inflating the numbers, the number of cases in those countries. And I challenged her and I said what well, the information she was giving wasn't true. And from that day, I became the enemy. I went from being our friend Simon is here to, we don't want to see him here. And from that, uh, from then on, it became really difficult for me to do my job, to ask questions. In a way, I that episode helped me to really do my job better. I realized that I needed to push more and do the job because it's about the job. I'm not there to be friendly with the people in power. And when I began to do my job, ask the real questions and challenge them, I became sidelined this year, early this year. The White House Correspondents Association failed to did not renew my membership, and because they did not renew my membership, they did not allow me to attend the White House Correspondent Dinner that took place in April. 
Not that I wanted to go to the dinner to eat, but it's a good um, it's a good place to meet people who are in the same industry. And right now it's been almost eight months since the, the new press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, last called on me. She didn't call on me even when President Biden received 50 African leaders in Washington, D.C. for the second U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit that took place in December. Um, she didn't even, she doesn't, she didn't call on me when the first lady went to Africa. And even when the vice president went to Africa or the secretary of state, and there are many stories, and they are doing this at the time when China is increasing influence in Africa, expanding their influence, their footprint, sprint, uh, sprint uh, around Africa. Um, so it's been really hard for me to do my job. Uh, but I am not. I won't be deterred. I keep pushing, keep asking the right questions, and 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 I also came to realize that while the during all this time when you know I've been sidelined, I realized that it's been a good thing because I've sat in the briefing room for eight months, and I saw the type of questions that people ask, and I also saw how um, a lot of lies have been. Uh, you know, spread by the White House press corps, including uh, from Karine Jean-Pierre and John Kirby. You know, today we just learned that the U.S. officials now be believe that the Ukrainians were behind the Nord Stream pipeline bombing. And so it shows you that a lot of things that have been uh, said at the White House are, are not true. And have you had an opinion about the American press and the way they seem to coddle? They seem like really sort of in the bag. There's two things that I wanted to ask you about. One was that. And the other was they have been so wrong about so much, and yet they've been carrying water for anybody that wants to discuss, you know, Russian collusion or a or suppress uh, or, or you know hunter laptop being russian disinformation or uh covid the way they the way they in covid everything everything they do there's this unison they just it comes out of the white house and then there's unanimity of the press uh, that to me does not seem like the job it seems like the job is the job you're trying to do and they don't seem to welcome that do they no and actually it wasn't always like this I was also one of these guys when the officials released a statement and I believed them and I go to press and I said, I say, you know, the US official just said this, uh, or the WHO just said that the vaccine works and the lockdowns work and everything works. And then I began to realize that people around me, for instance, even after getting the vaccine, they, you know, they still caught COVID. Uh, I began to realize that when I took my second vaccine shot, I began to have, you know, some complications. Um, and I was this guy who attended every single press briefing from the WHO between 2020 and 2023. Recently, 2023, I attended all the press briefings and I asked questions at almost every single press briefing. And I couldn't believe that, you know, the vaccine wasn't really working the way they said it. But when you make mistakes, you have to accept them and you have to correct them. What is happening now is people refuse to accept that they made mistakes. People refuse to accept the truth. And when you refuse to accept the truth, what you are doing, you are propagating lies. And, and that's what many of them are doing. And, you know, you can, you know, you can talk about the rush. The, the Russian hoax, some of them still believe that even after the the special counsel came came out recently with the final report, some of them still, you know, want to stick to their old positions. Um, COVID, you know, and you name it. And so people are not really doing their job. And, and, and I understand them. When you come to Washington, D.C. and you go to the White House, it's a comfortable place. It's a small club. You attend events, you go to dinners, you go to yoga classes, you fly on Air Force One with the president. And now if you begin to do your job, it becomes really difficult. You'll be sidelined and people 
will no longer invite you to their social event. And you don't want that. You don't want to be Simon Ateba. You want to still be the group. You want to attend the White House correspondence dealer. You want to be invited to the president's uh, Christmas party. You want to be there in the circle. Maybe maybe you should do a do a under play nice and do a real undercover sort of operation, <laughs> then come out with a big expose at the end of yeah. the things you heard and saw as a result of playing nice. And I, and, and I, what do you think? Um, we got to bring Dr. Victory in here in just a second, but what do you think of, you said the people that still cling to these clearly incorrect notions, what's wrong with them? What, what's going on in their heads? No, because it's difficult for people to change their mind. There are people who are still wearing masks up till now, even when it's been proven that those masks were not really that effective. So it's always been difficult once you've said something, you publish something, or you've, re you've read it in the New York Times. And, you know, it's, it's true. The New York Times said it, so it must be true. And many times they've been wrong. And people don't just want to Many change times. their mind. Yes. Many, Many times. times. I, I, I played a video yesterday of them repeating all together all the wrong, these just just these ridiculous things that they said and strung out in a big video. But I will, uh, maybe next Tuesday I'll play the whole video because you, people, this my audience needs to see this. It is ridiculous. I just wonder how long they can go on being so wrong so wrong about so many things. It's been six years of defending vigorously, not defending, celebrating positions that were proved to be categorically untrue. And I just don't understand how that can continue. It's that my brain won't do that, but you're, you're living in it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe until a new government comes to power, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., usually, uh, there's a saying here in pre, um, reputation. Reputation is more than um, you know reality. So it's not about reality; it's about the impression what people believe that is the truth. And so when the press secretary comes to the White House, even though you can see that the withdrawal from Afghanistan was a total disaster, her job is to tell the American people that everything is great, everything is fine. The president is great; he's doing great. Even when the polls suggest that, you know, m most people don't want the president to run for a second term, she comes to the White House briefing room and she tells us most people want the president to run. And, you know, that's what she, I, I don't know how long, but it's sad. Well, Simon Atiba is here. Follow him on Twitter at Simon Atiba. Uh, the website is... I'll make sure I get it right. It's uh, Today News Africa, todaynewsafrica.com. Uh, just before I get Dr. Victory in here, one quick thing. When the U.S. went to Africa recently when there was a Pan-African meeting or something, and I, the, a lot of the leaders were complaining about how the U.S. was treating African countries. Do, what was that? Do you remember that? It was about a well, month actually, ago. Yeah, the, the U.S. in the U.S., the African leaders came to the U.S., Oh, it was here? Okay. I wasn't clear if it was here yeah. or there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and they were the, very the, unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. They were very unhappy because, you know, uh, last December, there was the second U.S. Africa Leaders Summit. And that summit had in attendance 50 African leaders. And for those who are watching us now, African has between 54 and 55 countries, depending on who you ask, the UN or the AU in Addis Ababa. Um, so when 50 African leaders come to Washington, D.C. to sit down with one president, it's almost like the entire continent of Africa has come to the U.S. And when they came here, President Biden didn't have time to meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. And so what they said last month, the president of Kenya said last month, next time they won't come to meet, sit down with one president, either in the U.S. or in Russia or in China that we send the African Union, the head of the African Union, to sit down with a country. So they were very un unhappy. Um, they were not, they, they say, he even said that they were treated like school kids. 
uh, embarrassing. I'm embarrassed as an American. All right, let's um, let's get it to a break here. We're gonna uh, keep talking to Dr. to Simon Atiba. We uh, are unable to take calls. Twitter is crashing because of the uh, Elon Musk. Elon spaces. can't get his technical. He can't get his difficulties yeah, fixed. People are crashing and crashing and crashing. Six hundred eighty-five thousand people were listening, and then it booted me out. People, six hundred. You should see the listening. lineup, though. Kennedy's Trying. there. Megyn Kelly's there. Everybody's yeah. there. Uh, everyone's but everyone is no there. Sound. I if I open up Twitter right now, within seconds, my phone heats up and gets like hot to the touch, and then the whole app crashes. <laughs> so I, we're not going to be. Yeah, we don't want to burn. Today, the, Kennedy's there. Terrible. No calls yeah. today, but we might drop in on that Twitter space. Caitlin Jenner's there if he waiting. Solves, if he Bert, solves Brett the problem, Weinstein. we may we may proceed over there and listen Peter, to what's going on. Uh, Peter McCall. I think that's Peter McCullough. Oh no, that's just McCullough. Peter Atia, I think. I took a picture of it because I can't get it to come back. It's pretty All right. awesome. All right, we'll take a break. Bring back uh, Kelly Victory <laughs> right after this. A lot of you have been asking for more information about how to counter the adverse effects of the spike protein from COVID infections and the COVID vaccine. The spike protein is not your friend. Let's just say that. So I'm glad we have the wellness company Spike Support Formula as a sponsor, especially since renowned internist and cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough who's also chief scientific officer of the wellness company, is one of its champions. There's some very intriguing research around natokinase, which might be a way to take on the spike protein. Listen to this. So start, if you would, with talking about natokinase, how you got to that and where you see its application. So with the viral infection or the vaccines, the spike protein stays within the body and it's found in the heart, the brain, the vital organs, and it's causing problems. The Japanese have been using this for heart and vascular disease now for 20 years, it's safe, it is a form of a mild blood thinner, that it dissolves the spike protein nearly completely. Spike support formula is the only product on the market containing natokinase, dandelion root, and a host of other antioxidants, all showing promise in helping you protect yourself and your family. To order this unique, specially formulated supplement, go to drdrew.com TWC. That is drdrew.com slash TWC. Use code DREW at checkout for 10% off today. I recently discovered Paleo Valley. They have a line of products that align perfectly with a paleo dietary regimen. Goodbye to the limited rotation of eggs, burgers, and the standard fare. Hello to a wide variety of extraordinary products that are both healthful and delicious. Paleo Valley offers a spectacular range of options, including 100% grass-fed beef sticks, they're packed with nutrients like omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, glutathione, CLA, and bioavailable protein. Plus, keto-friendly, make for a great protein-rich snack on the go. Paleo Valley's tasty beef sticks are not just 100% grass-fed, but also grass-finished, sourced from small domestic farms in the U.S. and flavored with real organic spices. They're also fermented, which means they contain natural probiotics that are great for gut health, and they taste amazing. Try them out by heading over to drdrew.com slash paleovalley to get 15% off your first order today. Don't miss out on this opportunity to discover a brand that is perfect for your paleo lifestyle. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar, inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, political and economic upheaval, dating back to biblical times, gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just visit birchgold.com drew for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. I do not give financial advice, and previous performance is no guarantee of future performance. Visit birchgold.com drew to get your free info kit on gold. That is B-I-R-C-H-G-O-L-D dot com slash D-R-E-W. Some platforms have banned the discussion of controversial topics. If this episode ends here, the rest of the show is available at drdrew.tv. There's nothing in medicine that doesn't boil down to a risk-benefit calculation. It is the mandate of public health to consider the impact of any particular mitigation scheme on the entire 
population. This is uncharted territory, Drew. Please welcome Dr. Kelly Victory. Simon, uh, welcome and thank you so much for being here. I would submit that what we are talking about here today with regard to censorship and propaganda and dishonesty uh, within the White House press corps is uh, far more important than anything you're going to hear in a canned presidential announcement today. Uh, you'll be able to hear that Great. over and over again. Um, uh, I was interested in what you were saying about Lagos in Nigeria. You talk about these pastors who are celebrities, that they are millionaires, that they are uh, unaccountable and fly on private checks. In, in the United States, we call those people congressmen. Um, but uh, <laughs> interesting that they are uh, that they are pastors in uh, in Nigeria. Um, as as someone who is a proud American and someone, I always perceived the United States, I truly is being the, the land of the free, where free speech reigned supreme and where honestly, where our government didn't lie to us, where we were allowed to push back on our government, where our government was the most honest. I'm really interested in your experience in the press room at our White House. How pervasive do you think that frankly, the, the dishonesty and the propaganda is not just out of the mouth of a Jen Psaki or a Corinne Jean-Pierre, but in terms of the buy-in from your colleagues sitting to your right and your left, how, how pervasive is the propaganda? So, uh, yes, uh, the propaganda is everywhere. Um, and the the way journalists cover themselves is by quoting officials, and so you you will say it's not me lying. I'm quoting Dr. Fauci. It's not me mm -hmm. lying. I'm quoting the National Security Council. Uh, I'm quoting the WHO. What if the WHO is wrong? What if uh, you now have evidence that most of the things that they told you were false and wrong. When will you change your mind? People don't change your mind. It's everywhere. It's not just uh, press secretary uh, Jen Psaki, who was there for a year, or Karine Jean-Pierre, who is now the new press secretary. It's also other officials. You see it with uh, John Kirby, who comes to the White House and does a lot of background calls. And mm -hmm. most of the things that they've said are, are not are not true. And the way they do it is either they give you an outright lie or they don't give the real information. The only way you can have the real information in this Biden White House is through leaks. That's when you really get to know what official right. think about the war in Ukraine. Um, that's when you get to have the real information. Uh, press briefings with KJP don't give you any newsworthy information, don't give you any truth anymore. And you made you made a good argument for why your your fellow uh, press correspondents don't want to find themselves in your shoes. Um, that said, uh, Sir Edmund Burke once uh, famously said, "All that's required for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing." Um, when you were fundamentally censored, sidelined, silenced, you know they, they tried to put you in a box and shut you up. You know, what about your fellow press correspondents? Did anyone come to your to your aid? Did anyone come to your defense and say this is wrong? No, no even those who came to my defense did it in private. They will come and meet me outside the White House. They will send me text messages, but they won't associate with me in public or in the White House. Some of them even attacked me. Um, some even defended the press secretary. And that's not the job. It's about the job. It's about asking the question that the American people and American allies care about. It's not about becoming friendly with the people in power. Right. And what the people are doing in the White House is a disgrace. It's actually a shame uh, to anyone who respects or loves the First Amendment. They're not doing the right. job. And so what they did to me was to kick me out of the White House Correspondents Association. 
And right now, what they're trying to do is to kick me out of the White House on July 31st because the White House Correspondents Association, which is led by uh, Tamra Kidd, who works for NPR. And so she connived with the White House to change the White House rule to award hard passes to journalists. And so everyone at the White House has to reapply for a hard pass because of me, because they are trying to kick me out. You can read those stories in the Washington Post, yeah. the, New York, yeah. the New York Post, and different other places. And they are trying to kick me out only because I'm doing my job, only because I'm asking the right questions, only because I'm telling them you need to treat people equally, at least be fair to people. Call on people from across the room. Don't just call on the people who are friendly to you, the people who send questions in advance to the president or the press secretary. That's not a press briefing. That's a sham. That's a real press briefing. When you send the exact question in quote topics, the White House says, send us topics, where people end up sending questions. And those who send questions in advance are called on during the press briefing. Right. And for the people right. watching at home, it looks like a, you know, a normal press briefing with journalists asking questions and the press secretary and the president providing answers. But it's all a sham. It's, a sh it's all rigged. Yeah, this is kabuki, and, and, and frankly, it's kabuki theater. Uh, this is exactly what we saw, really the source, Simon, of what we saw during this pandemic debacle. When you shut down the voices of anyone who dares to ask a question that they don't want to answer, it certainly, this is the origin of this show that I do with Drew, was really because I was egregiously censored as a physician asking pressing questions from the very beginning of the pandemic pushing back on everything from masks to social distancing to school closures and then ultimately vaccines. If we don't allow for open dialogue, we don't allow those questions, you know, the, the debate to be had, robust, vigorous debate, which is your role as a journalist, your role as a correspondent, then what the American people are getting uh, really is is nowhere near what they deserve, um, and so I am I'm really disheartened to hear, uh, although it happened to me as a physician, to hear the same things fundamentally happening to you that your own colleagues would sooner throw you under the bus than to lose their place at the correspondence dinner themselves. Um, and the same thing happened to me as a, as a physician. So I, I applaud you. Um, I want to ask you, if and feel free, if, you, if it's something that you don't know much about, feel free to say, but with regard to COVID, talk about the experience in Africa. Africa as a, as a continent and the countries within Africa are not highly vaccinated with rare exception. They did not buy into the hype. And furthermore, they had ready access to medications like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine because they use those things routinely for the treatment and prevention of malaria, for example, and for intestinal parasites. So talk if you have any, um, any insight or information about how Africa is a continent. I, I know what I read and what I get from the medical journals, but what's your take on it as someone who hails from that part of the world? Yes, well, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I, early this year, I asked the WHO, how do you explain the Africa with 1.3 billion people and with almost between 800 million and 900 million people unvaccinated? 900 million people who have not received a single shot of COVID-19 in their life. How do you explain that that continent that has less, the lowest vaccination rate in the world also has the lowest mortality rate? And the WHO doing a live press briefing told me that was a million dollar question. They don't know. Um, most people in Africa are not most people in Africa did not get a single shot of COVID-19. Most people in Africa don't have the means to social distance. People live in crowded houses. At least I used to live that way. Um, but those people died less. 
And when you ask people at Pfizer, when you ask people at Moderna, you ask people at the WHO to explain why the continent with the lowest vaccination rate also has the lowest mortality rate. No one can tell you. Uh, it shows that it, it has nothing to do with the vaccine. Um, and, you know, the, usually the answer they try to give you is most people in Africa are young uh, and people in Africa already, you know, but as you said, people are already using hydroxychloroquine for malaria. Most people who live in sub-Saharan Africa have had malaria at least once in their lifetime. Right. And they, they, maybe they're immune, but, you know, that's um, the conclusion. And those data, you can find them at the Africa CDC website. I covered them for during COVID between 2020, 2021, and 2022, 2023. And I was and attending everything in White House at, uh, here in Washington, D.C., sometimes at 3 a.m., at 3, 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kelly, did, ahead, is there any excess mortality in African countries left over from the uh, whatever happened no. <laughs> in, the, in the aftermath no, of, the, uh, of the pandemic? Yeah. No, there, there, guess, there's not guess, only no... You know, people that claim... There's not only no... Yeah, yeah there's not only no excess mortality, Drew. There's no increase in disability. There's no drop in birth rate. None of the things that we are seeing in the rest of the world, uh, certainly in Western Europe and, and in uh, North America, none of the things we're seeing around the rest of the world is happening in Africa. And I've been saying this from the beginning. Uh, they are unvaccinated. They had no significant crisis uh, of illness during the uh, height of the pandemic. They had no excess death and they have not suffered the atrocities yeah. that we had have you know as a result of the yeah. vaccines and and it's not as though they didn't have uh covid they had it they just didn't oh, hurt correct. anybody oh, yeah. you know you sure it went correct. through they're thinner they're younger they're more better vitamin d perhaps it's a lot of things going on but i, I want to circle quickly back to the south african isolation of the omicron variant which is what got you in trouble simon mm -hmm. uh, i remember some of the interviews with the researchers in South Africa that were discussing the variant, and they were very early describing it as a milder variant. They they were very pretty clear that they were clear that it was highly contagious, but there's really good evidence of that. All the clinical data looked like this was mild. That was completely rejected by all the Western organizations, was it not? Yeah, that, that that's true. It was rejected by Pfizer by Moderna and all the pharmaceutical companies. Actually, on that day when uh, the WHO first talked about the Omicron variant, I was at that press briefing. And the same day, Pfizer came out to say that they already had a vaccine for, that their own vaccine was effective against the Omicron variant. And I asked the WHO yeah. in a live press briefing, but you just said that you don't know anything about this variant. How do you explain that? You know, so it, right from the beginning, the scientists in South Africa and Botswana said that the Omicron variant of COVID-19 was highly transmissible, but mild, very mild. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was that was when uh, things started looking very odd over here. You know, they they were so not just the by the way the government, but the press wedded to disaster. Everything had to be disastrous or they were unhappy. And they they still have that attitude, it seems like. Did you see the New York Post? Uh, Caleb, I don't know if you have that handy, but the New York Post has put out uh, an art, uh, something, a headline from the World Health Organization, essentially, ex you know, proclaiming doom and gloom uh, around the next corner. Not from COVID, just from something else. It's, it's coming, everybody. It's, it's well, uh, end of the world is, is nigh. Well, the good news is, is that Africa really as a continent is one huge control group. Uh, and the data are irrefutable. I think going forward, it will become clearer and clearer that they were the big winners in this. Uh, they had rampant cases of COVID. 
They developed herd immunity. They stayed safe for a number of reasons, not the least of which is they avoided the vaccines and they had access, uh, perhaps unknowingly, uh, to some of the safest and least expensive and most well-tolerated medications, namely hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Um, and so time, time will tell, but if they can stay away from the mRNA, I suspect that uh, Africa as a continent will stay uh, in relatively good good shape. Here's I also want to ask you now, as ever- Here's the headline for you, Kelly. Oh, yeah. Take a look, just quickly look at the screen. See this? Next pandemic, even deadlier yeah. than COVID, it's coming with, with World Health Organization. Simon, will you please clobber them over the head? Please. Yeah. I don't know, I'm very close to the people at the WHO. I, you know, I know them personally, so I will just say that a lot of things that we thought that were true were, you know, proven to be false. So, and the yes. vaccine, yeah. COVID, lockdowns, the everything. Yeah, we, we call it fear porn, and it really is. Uh, you know, fear is an incredibly powerful uh, intoxicant. It's very easy to control people when they are in a place of fear. And I understand why leaders throughout history have wanted to keep people subjugated to fear because uh, they do things remarkably quickly. In this country, it was stunning to see how quickly people were willing to give up their uh, civil liberties uh, when they found yes, themselves yes. fearful of a microscopic yeah. virus. Uh, people handed over their most uh, sacred civil liberties very, very quickly. Um, and we, mm -hmm. we taught our leaders well that we will do it again. Um, it, everyone knows that uh, you know we now are in the middle of a, of a heating up presidential race. I'm interested in your perspective from, uh, from the, since you have insight to the African leaders, what they are thinking, what are these, these African countries who came here uh, despite the fact that Biden failed to meet with them, what would you say, you know, is on the world stage in terms of from Africa, their viewpoint on this upcoming election? You know, are, how do would you uh, sort of characterize the feeling of African nations with regard to President Biden versus Trump versus anybody else who might enter this race? Uh, I think the African leaders that I know want a strong leader in the U.S. And they want a strong leader because of what we've seen in Africa. And let me give you examples. While everyone was talking about Ukraine, the biggest humanitarian crisis in the world took place in Ethiopia between 2020 and 2022. Mm. According to U.S. officials, 600,000 people died in Ethiopia during the war between the Ethiopian government and the Tigray forces. And, and we've seen, we saw the same thing in Sudan recently, where there's an active war going on. And we've seen the same thing in several African nations where some of the soldiers that were trained by the US went back in Africa and overthrew the government. And we know that because the head of the US uh, Africa Command testified in Congress here in Washington, DC, a few weeks ago, like one and a half months ago, and they asked him, they, they confronted him with the, the pictures of some of the soldiers who went back to Africa to overthrow their government. So you have a war in Ethiopia. It lasts for two years, 600,000 people die, and we still don't have peace in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. You have a war in Sudan where you have total instability. You have uh, government in Africa being overthrown. So what they want, they want a strong partnership. And at the same time, they also want to be able to do business with other countries, China and Russia. The reason they want to do that is because they realize that the U.S. has been retreating while China is building bridges and roads and the things that people really mm -hmm. want. Mm -hmm. Uh, the U.S. usually talks about democracy and human rights and gay rights and, and all those rights. All those rights are great, but if your people don't have water to drink, they don't have roads to travel. Mm -hmm. And so do we go with the person who is doing that, even though the person who is doing that doesn't like lacks transparency, doesn't believe in democracy. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's why we you know, founded the Today News Africa because our publication focuses on ties and interactions between U.S. and Africa. 
because we are seeing the changes. And people like the press secretary, who has probably not traveled a lot, apart from you right. know since she, you know since she, you know she became press secretary and worked for the, you know in the Biden White House, she's not gone to Africa to see how the U.S. Mm-hmm. is to treat how China and Russia and the rest are expanding, and. And so they are seeing the U.S. not being as strong as it used to be. And they know that because recently in Sudan, for instance, the U.S. called for a ceasefire. No one respected that. And they had to send um, troops to evacuate the U.S. embassy in Khartoum. And they even had to burn some of the passports of Sudanese who had applied for visa. So now they are trapped in the country and they can't travel anywhere. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. When is the last time, Simon, that um, a, a U.S. leader or somebody at the level of the president or the vice, I mean, for the love of God, our vice president can't even make it to our own southern border, and she's the border czar. Um, at, you know, She certainly hasn't gotten on a plane and gone to Africa. When's the last time she, a, a U.S. Actually, leader... No, she actually traveled to Africa. She, oh, yeah, she, she, oh. she recently, yeah, My she went apologies. to the country. <laughs> but while she was there, she told them about the iPhone and, you know, climate change and how they can use the iPhone. <laughs> Most people don't have the iPhone. Most people can't afford it. So and, she didn't yeah. do her homework. When she came back, what officials in Africa told me, like she didn't do her homework. She didn't understand the culture, the needs of the people. Right. And she came, she went there empty handed yeah. and she came back with nothing. Um, talk about, you, you mentioned China and Russia and what, what do you perceive or, or what, what is the influence, I should say, of China in Africa? God knows, you know, they are our greatest geopolitical foe, I, I believe, here in the United States. They clearly have their tentacles deep into every part of uh, American life, our universities, our healthcare system, our farmland, our industry. Um, what is the relationship in, in most African countries with China, if there's a relationship at all? Okay, great. So uh, when the head of the U.S. Africa Command, General Landy, actually the U.S. Africa Command is not even based in Africa, it's based in Germany but the focus on Africa. Uh, so when he came to Congress one, more than a month ago to testify, they asked him, what is the U.S. greatest threat in Africa? And he said China, and he gave three examples. Mm-hmm. One example was mineral resources. 40% of the mineral resources used by U.S. rare resources, rare minerals, 40% of the rare minerals used by U.S. companies come from Africa. And right now, China is building military bases around all those mineral resources. Mm. And so very mm. soon, they will drive out the U.S. The, it, Africa has a 
African leaders, not Africa, African leaders have a good relationship with China because China doesn't care about corruption. China doesn't care about human rights. China doesn't care about transparency. When they give loans or when they build those roads or bridges, most African people don't really have the details. And so they love that because you can't actually challenge them. But the relationship seems to be that of exploitation. You build this infrastructure, and if African leaders or African can pay, you take over the entire continent. And they do that because the US, the EU, and the West has been retreating for several decades. And that's why when I came to the White House, I thought that it would give me the opportunity to ask questions because it's it's in the US and the African interest to have good rapport or a good relationship with Africa because of many things, democracy, freedom, and some of the things that we have in common. But I was surprised that in the White House, the press secretary didn't really understand the danger and how China is taking over, buying, you know, the African continent, building bridges, road, even long, driving out the U.S. And it's it's sad what's going on. I understand they're more than just uh, building roads, that they're actually sort of setting up shop. Like they move down there, they bring their families in, mm -hmm. they become part of the community. They're, they're really um, infiltrating, so to speak. Is that, is that accurate? Yes, and they, they become part of the community. And also, even when they build these roads, they, most times they bring people from China. So the local population yeah. doesn't always get the job that they need. Mm -hmm. They, they yeah. bring people from China to do the job in Africa. And now they are everywhere. They are producing things that African can produce. Um, but the US and the West, they're not helping. And that's why they're sidelining me. That's why they're oppressing me. That's why they are trying to drive me out of the White House. That's why they're changing the rules of the White House. How can you change the rules to kick out Simon? when I'm actually trying to do the right thing, asking the right question. Do I'm you not write about this? Do you write about this in, the, in, the, in your newspaper, in the Africa Today? Yeah. Do you talk yeah, about it, how they're it, treating you and how outlined they are? Yes, and if you go to a newspaper, you realize that we focus on what we consider really important. If you go to the paper today, the, the, the cover of our paper, we talk about the humanitarian assistance that the U.S. is granting, you know, some countries in, in, in North Africa, Sudan and other countries because of instability, drought, and some of the things going on there. When it's good, we say that this is a good thing because people really need assistance. But when it's bad and we ask the question that we need to ask, uh, we are punished. And it shouldn't be. The First Amendment is there to protect free speech and not the good but, speech. But do you, do, you, do you speak out about this on the paper? Do you editorialize about it? Do they, do they know yes. what you're going yes. through? Do your readers understand what's happening? Yes, everyone understands readers and even the people who follow me on Twitter, on social media, they understand what's yeah, going the on. This, this is such a sure. pervasive issue, uh, Simon. This isn't just happening to you in the White House press room. I mean, as I said, this happened to physicians and is continuing to happen to physicians. Listen mm. to the FBI whistleblowers. They will stop at nothing to destroy the lives and livelihoods of people who dare to speak out. This is something, uh, honestly, I, we have had some conversations recently, Drew and I have with Bobby Kennedy, um, with regard to how to eradicate this level of corruption um, within the United States government, because it has gotten, it has reached a fevered pitch. You know, when you have the US government, the federal government colluding with big tech to write algorithms to specifically censor certain people and kick them off social media platforms to rob them of their voice. And for you, it's happening on a very personal level. You know, literally it's palpable when you watch, I watch you in the, the press room and they will, it's as if you are invisible to, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she will not, you know, allow you a voice. Uh, what is your strategy, if you have one, if you can share it, for moving forward? Or do you just intend to sort of stay the course and hope to wear them down with time? 
Yeah, I, I don't know who will be president in 2024. Uh, it seems that we are going to have a new government, but I don't know. Um, before I get to the White House and raise my hand, I do everything I can. I send emails, I attend background calls, I try to talk to officials. What happens is I'm now on a red list. Uh, so when I attend the background calls with John Kirby, even when they are discussing Africa, even when the first lady is going to Africa or the vice president is going to Africa or the secretary of state is going to Africa to unveil the new U.S. Africa policy for Africa, they don't call on me. Um, in the White House, when I raise my hand, they don't call on me. When I send them email to discuss, to ask questions about the Nigerian election, for instance, as you know, the president-elect of, of Nigeria, Bola Metinubu, is going to be inaugurated in five days. And Nigeria is Africa's most populous nation, the most populous Black nation around the world. They don't respond to my email anymore. They used to when I was their friend, but... Now they don't, and it's uh, sad what's going on. I will continue to do the job. It's about the job. Uh, even if they don't call on me, uh, I will just keep doing my job. Uh, I don't know. I'm also writing a book. Long after today, maybe when I'm no more, the people will remember that I did everything that I, I could to do my job, ask the right questions, strengthen relationships between U.S. and Africa, and leave this place a better place. It's sad that they are going after it's, it's, the wrong person. Yeah, it is very it's sad, disturbing. It's, it's like monarchical France or something in the 19th century or even 17th century. It's, it's very, very bizarre, odd. I never thought I would see anything like this in this country. And right. why the entire country is not upset about this is more than I can understand. I'm just, I'm just so confused by it. But uh, I, and I've heard, I heard Simon say more than once that he's just, he has given up on this administration. He's waiting for the next one. And, uh, and so I guess that's that. Uh, in the meantime, just keep fighting the good fight. Kelly, we're sort of running out of time here. Last questions for you. He yeah, no, I, just the last comment, Simon, all I can say is you will you will clearly land on the right side of history. It, it may not yeah. be a much consolation yeah. now in the heat of it, because I've been living this as well. You will you will land on the right side of history. Uh, in the words of John Milton, virtue untested is no virtue at all. Uh, you are you are being tested uh, and you are standing up to that test. And, and I give you a lot of credit. If there's anything we can do, uh, those of us who, who understand what's going on in terms of pushing back, bringing exposure to it, uh, giving you this platform or others to actually expose what's going on, because it's critically important to, to Americans to know that what they are hearing has been pre-digested, it is filtered, it is not truth, it is propaganda, and we are no different now from Cuba or North Korea or the old Soviet Union uh, if we buy into this and allow it to happen. So uh, God I, bless I, you and thank I, uh, you for what you're doing. I um, I think Barr sent me an Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote: "To do evil, or was it you? Maybe sent it to me. To do evil, a human must first of all believe that what he is doing is good. That's what we're into these days. People yeah. believe they're doing something good, and they are doing untoward harm to the system and so many. Uh, Simon, like, anything you'd like people to know before we let you go? Yes, I want to ask everyone watching us to keep praying for me." Uh, pray for me to keep doing the right thing. Pray for me for wisdom, understanding, strength. Sometimes it can be really hard when uh, you try to do the right thing. You try to strengthen ties between U.S. and Africa, and they come after you. And it can be lonely when you do the right thing. And I just want people to pray for me and follow me on Twitter and subscribe to my Substack. There you go. We're, we're familiar with the loneliness of, of trying to do what's right. We, yeah. <laughs> we have an understanding of what you're dealing with. We've uh, both we been through this and it's just been very, it's, yeah. it's very confusing when you're, when your heart is in the right place and, and you can sort of sit in the middle and see the landscape. Okay. And then Kelly, you're back with me next week with uh, Joseph Latipo. Uh, Surgeon General yes, at, with, uh, yes, at Florida. From Florida. Yeah. 
and then Asim Malhotra the following week. Tom Wren's coming back on June 28th. He's uh, returning. Yeah. We'll look more at the counter counter espionage activity going on with uh, Peter yeah. Daszak and uh, the EcoHealth Alliance, which he tilted at. We we both both of our mouths were uh, open. Like what? what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get more to that hopefully. Uh, yeah. And again, uh, Tuesday, I will play that video for everybody that I was been referring to today. You, you'll want to see this about the just yeah. the compilation of all the ridiculous things. No one is safe. It was no one is safe. No one is safe. Is what no they one kept is saying. safe. No yeah. one is safe. It's, yeah. That was the be the first minute. It's a twelve minute video. Yes. There's thirty other things yes. that they chant over and over and over again. Right. All right, Kelly, right. Uh, Simon, uh, Atiba, we thank you so much. Kelly, Kelly, we thank you, and we will see everyone. Uh, I believe. Yeah, we'll be out tomorrow on Friday. We'll see you yep. next Tuesday at three o'clock Pacific time. Sounds good. Ta -ta. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. 